Hello, welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast, episode 46. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. How are we doing today, Sam? It's a sleepy day. A sleepy day. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't know. I had to work this morning. I had to do lots of thinking while I was at work. So I just want to go see seeps. That makes sense. Good thing we procrastinated and waited till Sunday night to do our podcast. Podcast for Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good that we did that. Mm-hmm. At least it's a tutor and lately our tutor ones have been a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should be able to get it um, figured out. <clears throat> get her done. Hey guys, let me tell you what subscriptions cost a lot of money not that they cost a lot but when you just add up subscriptions it's like hey why do i have all these yeah it was it because you were looking at our budget for like the first time in forever this morning well it was uh i would check my email and i got charged 119.46 from amazon for my amazon prime and I barely use Amazon Prime. Yeah, you took it off your phone. So now I mainly use Amazon Prime. But the only thing I really use it for is to order Mimi sweaters. Yeah, I think we could just use regular Amazon, right? I think so. What is the difference between Prime and Amazon anyways? There really it hasn't been lately. What's the... Because it used to be you would get two-day shipping. But now that's not even a perk right now because Amazon is so short workers. Well, it doesn't make sense then. Correct. I wonder how long they're sending out um, Amazon. I wonder how long it takes for regular Amazon people to get their stuff. I guess I don't know. That's a good question. Amazon offers standard delivery for items ordered through its website. Amazon Prime subscribers have the benefit of free, standard, or two-day delivery. Two-day delivery? Yeah, remember when Amazon used to be two-day... Amazon Prime used to be two-day delivery until COVID. And now it's like, yeah, we'll get it to you whenever. Yep, pretty much. So, that's pretty lame. Mm, I think they're trying to blame it on the... The shipping systems? Yeah. But I think it's actually them now because lately I've been, like, it's been taking a week for them to even mark it as shipped. Yeah, now it's like their internal processes. Mm-hmm. And it could have been because they grew so much, so much. They grew a stupid amount over COVID, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they did. I think it almost like doubled or something. It was something so crazy, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, then I looked at the uh, budget and I'm like, man, we have Hulu. We haven't watched Hulu. When was the last time you think we watched Hulu? I watch Hulu. When was the last time you watched Hulu? Uh, about a week ago. Oh, you watch those stupid ass shows. Yep, I do. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, take that back then. Never mind. Also, Letterkenny is coming up. December 25th, Sean. You can't fuck with tradition. Did we even watch the last season? Yes. Oh. Interesting. Someone's favorite show is not the same as mine. It's absolutely not my favorite show. I think it's a good show. I think it's funny. I like it. And I'll watch it to pass the time. But it's nowhere near even the top five favorite shows. 
Well, we can discuss that on our next tutor talk. Peaky Blinders is like number one, and that's just, I'm just gonna go with that. Okay. What's your number one? I would actually have to think about that. Damn. I feel like you might murder me if I don't also say Peaky Blinders. Why? I don't give a shit. Do you Ooh, like Peaky Blinders? Actually, Downton Abbey. I love Downton. Ugh. Ugh. It's all right. Hey, what else? Wait, dude. I haven't even finished Outer Banks. Do you care to watch Outer Banks? I swore we finished it. Oh. No. 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 Did we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Interesting. What happened? I'm not going to say it over the podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. What is my favorite? My favorite's definitely Peaky Blinders. What other good ones are there? The Witcher. Sean, we can save this for a talk, not a tutor. <laughs> All right, everybody. What are we talking about today, Sam? How to get your money back out from an investment? Yeah, how to get your initial principal out of an investment. There you go. Those are the smart terms on how to say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is kind of how I base everything I do off of this. Um, and and the idea behind it is, however, it is the idea is just to get your money back out as fast as possible um, so that way you can recycle those funds into the next deal or into your next investment. Um, so that's part of the reason I'm not pro IRA is because you put that money in and you cannot touch it again for 40 years or, you know, close to it, 30 years, whatever. And so that's, uh, I just don't like not being able to reutilize my funds. Um, and that's why I'm very big into real estate, cryptos, and trading stocks is because I can recycle that money and use it whenever I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so real estate, like what I do with real estate is I make sure any deal I do, I get a 20% cash on cash return. So I break down a deal. So if I'm looking at a property, I'll break down a deal for what the purchase price is going to be, how much money I have to put down, what all the expenses are going to be for that property. So what's my mortgage going to be? Okay. What's my property taxes going to be? What's my insurance going to be? What is my property management fee? Do I have to cover any utilities of any sorts? My capital expenditures and my maintenance and we could add in vacancy but I tend to just go a little I tend to just lump like vacancy capex and maintenance all together so I uh, that's a percentage so I, I add up my percentages for all that and then I get my cash flow um, so once I have my cash flow then I look at how long it takes to get my investment back out so if so I shoot for a 20% cash on cash return so that means if I put if I put $5,000 in then it's going to take 5 years for me to get that $5,000 back. 
And so then everything after five years will then be free money. I'll be, everything I'm making is free then. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. So then I use the same concept, um, but I'll do like um, burrs and cash out refinances on the properties so that I can take my investment and instead of getting a 20% cash on cash return, I can get 100% within six months. And so I can put the money, uh, so I can buy at a good price, I can put the money in for uh, down payment and renovations. I can get someone in there renting and then I can cash out refinance it and I can get the majority if not all or more of my money back out allowing me to then be in the deal for free after six months and have all my money to recycle into the next deal. I like that. Yeah, that's the one I like more because I like recycling my money. So if I can recycle my money every six months, that's a lot cooler than every five years. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, uh, you've you been doing mainly, correct? That's, that's, that's pretty much my business plan. So do do enough flips. The plan's do enough flips to cover my salary. Um, once salary's covered, then just do all burrs. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I mean, the so David Green wrote the book on how to burr. And he, he lays out a gentleman who works a job. And that job brings him X amount of dollars a year. He's able to invest in one piece of real estate a year for 15 years until retirement. At which point, after 15 years, he has 15 properties. And he has, it was like enough, it, it was something like, I think the cash flow was something like $15,000. Like it was really high. Hmm. Um, or maybe maybe it was enough to cover his living. Yeah. Cash flow was like $7,000 a month. Something like that with 15 properties. And so it, it was pretty good. You know, $7,000, 15 properties in 15 years. So it's enough to retire. And that's what the guy wanted. The guy wanted enough to take over like what he was making mm-hmm. so he could retire and he could actually retire with a little bit higher standard of living. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he did it in 15 years, which a lot of people, right? Like just think about that for a second. The typical retirement for us is work from 25 until 65, 40 years. So you can retire. All this guy did was instead of going into a 401k or IRA, he just bought one house a year or one property a year. And after 15 years, he was able to retire with a higher standard of living than when he was working. That's really not bad. 15 years. 25 years shorter. Like, you have to also think if you had a kid in that time, they still would not be an adult. Mm -hmm. Wow. You could retire before your kid is out of high school. That's impressive. And so that, I mean, that is the power of standard real estate. Okay. Okay. Now, he discusses another gentleman who, instead of doing that, did burrs. And the guy worked his normal job and did burrs on the side. And he had companies do the work for him. He contracted out the work, right? 
he started out doing one property then he got was able to do two properties it took it took him like two years to do three properties and then it exponentially grew because he's able to he's still making the same amount as the other guy but he's also getting his money back out of the deal so he's able to use that it grew exponentially to the point where over the 15 years the guy had 80 properties and around 40,000 in cash flow a month like that's a person's salary a year a year but he was doing it in a month right from the birth and the whole the whole reason he could do that is the first year yes he's got the same amount as the other guy the second year he's just getting into burring and so he's got it takes him you know half the year to get that money back out so in the first two years he's only able to do three houses the other guy was able to do two right mm-hmm. but after that he gets that money back out of the deal and every single year he's pretty much starting fresh with that money so by the 14th year he's able to do 14 properties in one year that's insanity i love that yeah but i mean not like the the guy can't find 14 properties a year so he's not able to do that many but like that's the exponential growth of it wise you know mm-hmm. um and in all these properties keep in mind the guy was leaving 25 percent equity in so the guy actually was having more equity in per property than the guy that was just putting 20 percent down oh yeah so he was having five percent more equity put down um but he was getting all his money back out so the power of burring is just incredible and that's pretty much what i'm basing everything i do off of um is how can i recycle my money the best the biggest issue i'm going to have here is how do i find enough properties to burr right and luckily i mean we can expand a little bit outwards um because like eau claire is a growing place so there are a lot of like newer homes going up so hopefully people living in the older homes that haven't remodeled them will be moving out of them um but we could also go to like chippewa kadat osseo and elk mound and bloomer Oh, yeah, Bloomer. Mm-hmm. That's the other further north one. Could even do, like, Mondovi over to Menominee, too. Mm. And we've talked about going back to, like, Sean's hometown to do a couple, just for the halibut. Because mm-hmm. we go up there enough anyways. Mm-hmm. And then talked about going out and doing um, going out and doing properties, uh, in other Airbnbs states. and other states and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, the, the Burr method is the method we follow. It's all about getting your initial investment back out and recycling it. Mm-hmm. Don't, I'm not going to tell you not to. I would not recommend parking money somewhere where you are not able to access it for 40 years. I am not a financial advisor, so don't take my advice. I'm already fin- financially free at 26, so whatever. Don't listen to me. Now, I use a very similar thing for cryptocurrency investing and stock investing Mm -hmm. however this really it frustrates me but it makes a lot of sense so you kind of just have to take it in real estate when you burn and you do cash out refinances you do not get taxed on that money that is free money you get to pull back out okay when 
you invest in stocks or cryptos, I it, you can use whatever platforms you use. Um, I have been using mostly Robinhood and Coinbase. However, I will be switching to KuCoin for a lot of my stuff because KuCoin, you do not have to give your KCS, which is your, wait, KCS, K, P, K, hold on. You know what? That's not the right word. KCS is KuCoin's coin. Um, whatever. You're, I mean, you don't have to give them your social security number, so you. Right. So the, the yeah, the thing, the whatever word I'm looking for is your social security number, your date of birth, all that stuff. You do not have to give them that. And so since you don't have to do that, you're not going to get taxed. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, Robinhood, Coinbase, all that, you do get taxed. So not as cool. Um, there are limits. So if you're trading over a Bitcoin a day, you do have to put your um, information in. So... That's, so it changes per day? Yep. That's kind of cool. Yeah. No, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so it just fluctuates with whatever the price of Bitcoin is. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, you would think more things would do that because, like, the dollar is like that. Like, the dollar is not always the same. So, like, I remember when I was in Europe, um, if we drew money out of the ATM, like, some days it would be, like, one penny cheaper some days it'd be a couple pennies like more expensive it was interesting i mean that makes sense with how money works mm -hmm. it fluctuates up and down mm -hmm. i like it yeah Anyways. however you don't get that with uh i mean the dollar kind of just stays dollar so well in the u.s within the u.s yeah within the u.s yep i'm just looking up the right term for you guys because i was wrong with my term and i don't want to be wrong so kyc so it's called KYC, um, and KYC is your personal information. And that's what you have to write in when you do, like, Robinhood, Webull, Coinbase, things like that. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, when you're using Robinhood, we'll just use Robinhood. Robinhood, you, do, you can do crypto trading, and you can do uh, stock trading. Now, on that portfolio, what... I, I've done this in the past. I haven't done it a lot, but I've done it before, and I'm considering doing it a lot more. And here's the thought. If you put in, say say you buy 100 shares of something at $10, okay? So $1,000. Mm -hmm. Now, you put it in this thing because it's going to go up a lot. So that goes up to $2,000, okay? So the coins go up to $20 a coin. You get 100% return, mm -hmm. okay? That's actually a lot more common than I realized. Like for a stock to go up 100%. Really? Yeah, like hmm. stocks and shit in, in cryptos, they fluctuate a lot. Yeah, they do. That and is for sure. Because if you look, like pick a stock you like, go check out that stock, look at their 52-week high and 52-week low. It's always going to be 100%. It's not always, always, a, but it's not always 100%. But it's, pretty close. It's a lot higher than people would think. And so that's that's one thing, like I'm not gonna say you're gonna be able to project and buy at the absolute bottom and sell at the absolute top, right? But, there, like, but there's good potential. There's potential. So let's look, what's a, give me a company, Sam. Um, I mean, Riot. 
Oh, you want to do no. Aikigi? No, don't do riot riots. Just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do Aikigi? We can do Aikigi. All right. Aikigi. International Airlines Group. Okay. Aikigi is an international consolidated airlines group. SA is a holding company which engages in provisions of passenger and freight air transportation services. It operates through the following segments. British Airways, Iberia, Viewing, Aer Lingus, and other group companies. Blah, 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 blah. Awesome. Their 52-week high is $6.25. Their 52-week low is $3.51. Not quite 100%, but 80%. Yeah, that's pretty close. Right now, they're sitting at $3.57, so they are at their low for the year. They were at their high back in March of this year, and they sat around their high, actually, until about June. Then they started dropping, went up, dropping. Jesus, I'm going to buy some iCookie. Holy shit. I I have some. I'm going to buy some. I don't have any money. I don't have any money. I'm not going to buy any. Look at that. (laughs) Um... So that company, for example, is about 80%. Mm-hmm. So right now, if I buy that and I wait for it to get to its 52-week high, which, guess what? There's a notification that sends to your phone when it hits a 52-week high. I go in there and I sell half of, I, I, I sell out the amount of money I put in. So, um, so back to my original example, you buy 100 shares or 100 coins at $10 a piece. They get a 100% gain. So they're $20 a coin. You still have the 100. Then you sell 50 50 of the shares or 50 of the coins to get your whole investment back out of $1,000. And now you have $1,000 free dollars in the account. Huh. And so it's just working for free. You have no risk. It doesn't matter if it goes up. It doesn't matter if it goes down. You have no skin in the game anymore. Huh. So if you can do this and do it a lot, your your stuff can exponentially grow crazy because you're always pulling out your investment. And guess what? If I bought into iCookie right now and I wait for it to get close, say I just say I just do a 50% gain. I pull out my money, and so we'll just use the share amount. Say I buy a hundred shares, it goes up 50%. I sell 75 shares and I leave 25 shares in, then I get all of my money back out and it's free 25 shares and that can go on and do whatever it likes. Right. Because there's a lot of times where some stocks just like go up insane amounts for no reason. I've watched, I've watched like random uh, stocks go up 50% in a day and it's like, what? And so you just sell right away. But instead of selling, you could just do, holy shit, that's crazy. And you could just pull out what you your initial investment and then recycle it next time that happens on a different one. Mm-hmm. Soon, before you know it, you will have a bunch of stocks. Yeah. You'll have a bunch of stocks. You'll have a bunch of crypto coins. And you have no skin in the game. Right. And I then if it. you notice after, and this is, this is where I'm going to get into it. After one year, you notice... That the company's volatility or whatever is a little too high. It's not doing as you wanted. It's very stable. So you're only getting a couple percent return a year. 
that's when you could sell it and only get hit with 15% tax for long-term capital gains tax instead of 30, 32% to 35% tax for short-term capital gains. Um, so that's, that's kind of where getting your skin out of the game so you can recycle your money. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, me too. I just need cryptos to go up so I can do that. Yeah. I also need it to be the new year because I really don't want more taxes this year. But then again, taxes are just taxes, so whatever, life's life, right? Right, you're help supporting someone who doesn't want to work. And you know what? I'm doing my part, Sam. I'm helping these people. I'm glad you are. So are you. I know. And probably everybody listening to this. Probably, hopefully. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else? No, I mean, that's getting your money out just... Money is finite for the majority of people. Utilize it the best you can. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. Cool. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Sam, you have any last words? Nope. Okay. We'll catch... Oh, wait. Hold on. We haven't said this in a while. Check us out on tutorsoflife.com where we do our blogs. Check us out on Tutors of Life on Instagram. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.